When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of AMA. I'm your host, Tom Bilyeu, and I'm going to be answering your questions. It's going to be amazing. And today's episode is brought to you by our friends, truly our friends. I love these guys at ButcherBox, and they have an amazing offer for you. If you are ready, you're going to get free ground beef for life plus $20 off your first box. That means that ButcherBox will include literally free ground beef for the lifetime of your subscription with them. Guys, that is literally amazing. Just go to ButcherBox.com and enter the discount code TOM at checkout. This is a company that Lisa and I really, really get behind because they use delicious, super high quality, healthy ingredients. And most importantly, they are completely trustworthy. And I say that as somebody who has seen what happens happens when you don't know where your food comes from or what the food that you're eating ate, which as much as it still shocks me, that really, really matters. So give them a shot and you can check out all the options that they have available on their website, butcherbox.com. They've got 100% grass fed and grass finished beef, free range, organic, and even a special breed of extra tasty pork. You get your personal selections of meat delivered directly to your door with free shipping if you live within the 48 contiguous United States. And the prices have just come down to just $6 a meal. That's pure insanity, especially when you factor in that if you act now, you're going to get 20 bucks off your first order plus free ground beef for life. All right. If you're giving a keto diet a try, this really is a perfect way to get started. So go right now to butcherbox.com. Get your free ground beef for life plus the $20 off your first box by using the discount code TOM. That is TOM when you check out at butcherbox.com. Enjoy and be legendary. All right, without further ado, it is time for that first question. And the first one comes to us from Michael Fisher. You said to be fulfilled, you must acquire skills at something you care deeply about while acquiring those skills. Um, should you, in, oh, while acquiring those skills, should you enjoy your day to day or let your end goal of the impact you will have on others fuel you? So it's going to be a bit of both. The reality is that you should be working your ass off to put yourself in a position where you can enjoy the day to day. But some of that enjoyment really is going to be loving that doing the hard things and pushing yourself and gaining the new skills is in and of itself fun. Um, so you're going to go back and forth between Yes, my day-to-day -day is just rad and I actually really do love this and the bulk of what I'm doing I really enjoy, but I'll use cold showers as a great example. So I hate the cold shower itself, but I really, really value um, how that makes me feel about myself. Uh, and I feel the same way about learning a new skill um, anytime, especially if something has relevance in my life. Uh, like right now, I'll tell you that learning the industry of comic books and maybe even more like um, to the point 
getting good at networking, which ironically my entire life, and, and people always think that I'm uh, being humble and I really, really mean this, um, I'm absolutely terrible from a cold start. If I've never met somebody, I feel so fucking awkward. It is pure insanity. And this um, last couple weeks, I've realized that to really get good in the world of comics, that uh, there's a whole universe of people that I need to meet and really begin to network with. And to do that, I have got to stop telling myself that I'm bad at networking. I've got to flip that switch in my mind and say, I'm going to learn this skill. I'm going to get great at it. I'm not going to um, worry about anxiety or anything like that. I'm just going to march forward and I'm going to gain the skill that my goals require. And that is it. And so starting at the Emerald City Comic Con, what, a week, 10 days ago, um, I just started having that attitude and setting rules for myself and saying that I need to go do this. And as soon as I made that switch in my mind, suddenly it started to be fun again because I was just focusing on I'm going to get good at this. And that notion of thinking into my future and being like, fuck, I'm good at this. I'm getting powerful at this. That is so pleasant because I've chosen to value my my like entire self. My identity is tied up in valuing improvement, getting better, and not focusing so much on being good at something, but the willingness to sincerely pursue it. And then reminding myself that that skill will have utility. So I start imagining out, even in those moments where I'm feeling super awkward, in those moments where anxiety is kicking in, I sort of mentally project myself into the place where I'm getting good at the skill, I'm pushing myself, I'm doing the hard things, all of that. And that actually makes that moment fun so that I can enjoy even when I'm sort of scraping my knees metaphorically um, and you know I'm doing something that is painful. But on the other side of that, is that real excitement for knowing what having that skill is going to mean in my life. So that's what you're going to alternate between. Um, Not everything that you're going to do on the day-to-day is going to be fun, but if you can, in those moments, lean on the fun of the acquisition, um, then it can be interesting. But you don't want to do something long-term like where I did for eight and a half years, just chasing money, not enjoying building the company that I was building, not believing in it. Um, That was a drain. And in the end, you will wear out. JP. Recently, I had the opportunity to attend Tony Robbins' UPW Unleash the Power Within in LA. I'm so glad that I went as it was freaking amazing. I noticed a lot of similarities regarding the message that Tony conveys, being in charge of your state, acquiring new skills to increase your value, being self-aware and breaking negative patterns, starting the day with meditation and gratitude, etc., and can easily tell that he is probably one of the bigger influences on your life. I am curious about who are other figures that deeply influence you and what books or media would you recommend to somebody that's starting his journey uh, into acquiring a growth mindset? So yes, Tony is a massive, massive influence on me. Um, I, I just think that he is so real and that if you take his advice, it will make your life better. I know because I took it and it made my life better. Um, and if you haven't yet seen the interview that I did with him, uh, I recorded an absurdly long absurd, even by my own standards, absurdly long intro um, because I just felt like I really had to recognize him for the impact that he's had not only on me, uh, but on an entire generation of people trying to get an um, empowered mindset. Now, in terms of what books you should read, you want to go to impacttheory.com. I have my reading list there. It is in order of how to build the just absolutely unstoppable mindset. And some of the people that you will find there, not the least of which is Stanford professor Carol Dweck, um, who wrote the book Mindset, and it is phenomenal and I think is the single most important book in the English language. Um, I cannot hype that enough. Um, Grit by 
Angela Duckworth is another great one. Um, Extreme Ownership by Jocko Willink and Leif Babin. Um, the Obstacle is the Way by Ryan Holiday. I mean, these are all just extraordinary thinkers that are giving you the information that you're going to need to build your mindset. Um, I think, yeah, those are um, some of the people that have really had an extraordinary influence on my mind, on the way that I think. Um, my wife, I would be remiss uh, if I didn't mention her. She has really, really helped shape my mindset uh, and has been a huge influence. Um, yeah, and to get her thoughts, you can certainly dive into what she's doing on Women of Impact. Um, you'll hear the way that she thinks or relationship theory. you hear the way that she thinks, um, at least on those topics. Um, yeah, if you start with those, uh, if you read the books in order, I think that it's really, really going to help shape your mind. And, and those are the people that have really helped shape mine. All right. Justin Best. Normally when I take a cold shower, I stand there and suffer in silence. Today, I really didn't want to take a cold shower, so I put on some music, sang along, and danced under the cold water. I know this drill well. I really enjoyed it, and the shower flew by. Afterward, I felt guilty, guilty, as if I had cheated because I enjoyed it. I notice I do this on other things as well. When I enjoy what I'm doing, I often don't feel like I'm doing real work. How can I stop feeling guilty about enjoying the process when I'm doing the work? This is so crazy. So I completely understand the feeling. That is bananas. But I have the same problem. It's so fucking weird. Like right now. So we're building a film studio. And I still feel guilty when I watch movies. So it is, um, it's crazy. And you have to shake yourself out of that mindset. And so here is what I do. One, I focus on what my goal is. And I remind myself that the whole point of life is to enjoy yourself. Like as you're acquiring all these skills that have utility and allow you to serve yourself and other people, like all of it, because it should be fun. Like there should be a deep sense of fulfillment that comes from doing all this stuff. And look, if I could have sustained pleasure from just eating a bowl of ice cream and sitting around, then I'd be all for that because the end goal here is to feel good about yourself. The end goal is to enjoy yourself. And yes, there is a big difference between feeling good about yourself and feeling good in the moment, if you will. But finding a way to enjoy hard things is fucking awesome. And if you can find a way to enjoy a hard thing, you are in no way, shape or form cheating, man. You are winning. That is exactly the kind of thing that we all need to be doing is finding ways to really enjoy the day-to-day grind, or it doesn't have to be a grind, but the day-to-day things that we're doing. Like you want to find a way. So that's not cheating, man. That is super brilliant. And you should lean into that and find other ways to enjoy things that are difficult for you. And I'm always looking for that. So when I'm in the gym, man, let me tell you, in the moments where I'm like really struggling at something, I focus on the result because I'm not having fun in the moment. There are other times where it's like that particular movement I really enjoy. And maybe I'm doing a curl and I'm thinking about, um, as Arnold used to say, my arms turning into mountains. And it's like, if you can get your head around that and find a way to enjoy it, then you're going to stick at it longer. So it is very smart and you want to kill immediately the thought that that kind of thing is something that you should feel bad about. So yeah, use the um, negative thought as the habit loop trigger to remind yourself that your goal mandates that you do that thing and you should always be looking for a way to enjoy it so that you can take it to the next level. So man, that is the, uh, the right way. Don't value yourself for the grind. Value yourself for the sincere pursuit for finding ways to love what you do. I think if you shift your value system, you're going to find that you won't have that sense of guilt anymore. And that guilt is definitely not serving you. Meg. 
I feel trapped in my own mind, which is probably one of the worst things to experience. I have anxiety issues and am currently seeking therapy to correct this behavior. I've been feeling kind of depressed lately because not only am I not happy in where I'm at in life, but I don't know where to go. Music was always my passion, but I was never consistent with it. I guess I just didn't believe I can do it. So now I'm 30 years old, lesbian, feeling stuck and overwhelmed. I still live with my parents, which makes me feel ashamed to say at my age. My question is, how do I find a career path I may be interested in so I can leave my parents' nest? And how can I build the confidence to believe in myself? Wow, man, this is so rad. Thank you so much for sharing this. Like, what a um, vulnerable question to ask. And I'm super honored whenever people... Um, really open up like that. So here is what you're going to do. So one, you've got to get a hold of the self-talk and you've got to stop worrying about um, staying in your parents' house and, and start reframing it this way. I am so grateful that I have parents that let me stay here that are giving me the space to figure out what I want to do. And I'm going to honor that by really putting in the time and energy to explore the things that I think I'm going to love. Now, if music is something you already know you love and the only thing that's holding you back is you're not allowing yourself to believe that you can do it, just remember this. Right now, you probably really are average. You, you may even just be bad at music because that's one of those skills that you have to really take the time to develop. But here's what you have to ask yourself. Do you love it? Like, do you really enjoy it? And is the thought of becoming the best in the world at that, is that something that is intoxicating for you, that's exciting for you? Because if it is, then you already have the path you need to walk. Now, remember, going into music doesn't mean that you're committing to yourself that what you really want to be is like the next big rock star. Don't worry about that. Committing to it is about getting extraordinary and being able to express yourself and being able to make a living. And unfortunately, that is a part of the importance here. And I think being able to make a living is going to make you feel better about yourself. That's going to be this whole self-reinforcing cycle of developing self-worth. So as you're going down this path, you want to be thinking about what are things that I can learn in music that are going to allow me not only to get better at my craft, but also be able to monetize. That way you're essentially killing two birds with one stone. And so it's like anybody that wants to be an entrepreneur. I will tell you one of the easiest ways to essentially monetize your growth is to learn about sales or learn about marketing, something that is absolutely critical for what you're going to be doing for yourself, but is also immediately monetizable. So you want to put yourself in that kind of situation. So whether it's teaching music, whether it's um, playing in a wedding band, whatever it is, something that's going to allow you to put in the rep. So I'll tell you a story from the Beatles. So the Beatles end up obviously taking over the world, but they said what nobody understands is that for like a year or two years, they played in like this small town in Germany and they were at this club and they would play something like five hours a day, six days a week. And they said it was because of that that we ended up gelling as a band, that we ended up becoming very competent musicians. And if it wasn't for that time, we never would have become the Beatles that people know now. But people, of course, don't think about that. They don't think about like when you run the math on how many hours that is, it's crazy town. And so finding a way where you can be monetizing your growth, that's always uh, incredibly powerful. So if you can find something that you can do now in the music field that is monetizable, even if it's a universe of solutions, so being an accountant at a record label or um, in a recording studio or something, I mean, that actually could be uh, amazing if you need access to equipment that you don't otherwise have, like being a receptionist at that and um, taking a reduced salary so that you can get time on the equipment. I mean, whatever, there's like a thousand ways to figure this out. But if you really love that, and you just don't believe in it, then all you need to remember is I am, I was born hopelessly average, but I am hopelessly average human. 
and humans are the ultimate adaptation machine. So being average, being the sort of average greatest adapt, uh, being the <laughs> average greatest adaptation machine ever that the world has ever seen is actually a great place to be. I don't think I've ever in recording an AMA had that much trouble putting a sentence together, but you get the idea. So um, you want to be putting yourself in that position where all you have to believe in is that you can get good. And once you're in that position that all you have to believe in is that you can get good, then it's about putting one foot in front of the other and continuing to develop yourself. So do that in a way where you can begin bringing in some money and I think you're going to feel a lot better. And even if it's in the beginning, you're just making enough money maybe to pay rent um, at your parents' place, that could be a great way to begin to feel like you're really contributing there um, and begin to feel a lightening of the load emotionally to start down that path of really beginning to own your life. So um, that would be my advice. And then I'd really start working on your identity, making sure that you're focusing on being the learner, um, making sure that you're not judging yourself by what you've accomplished thus far, but judging yourself by what you're willing to sincerely pursue on a day-to-day basis. Okay. KP. I've struggled with a problem my whole life and I've just figured out what it is and or what to call it. Now, I don't know if this is the correct term for my situation, but I believe I have something called approval addiction. I've struggled with this my whole life and it's such a dangerous subconscious level that approval addiction dictates 90% of my overall life. Literally everything I do or every thought my conscious mind produces, it's always... It always tries to achieve the most approval of others, even if I know it won't even catch their attention. I don't know what to do and would love if you could take a look at, uh, look into what this really is. Okay, so um, here's the thing. First of all, working with a professional is probably the right answer here. If you're saying that 90% of your life is dictated by your need for approval, um, you're going to want somebody that's going to be able to work with you in an ongoing fashion. So what I'm going to try to do now is give you a bit of a spark and impetus, um, a thing that you can do in the short term, but this needs to be the thing that just allows you to get up and and start going um, because you're going to need somebody that you can communicate with back and forth that can help you as you progress, that will see that you're making progress. Um, And I think that's a, a big part of it. And, you know, we'll adjust with you um, as things need to be adjusted. So um, I would read virtually everything by Daniel Amen. Um, He writes a lot about how to disrupt thoughts. Um, He has this concept called ants, automatic negative thoughts, and how to disrupt them. And it's basically classic cognitive behavioral therapy. And what you're going to want to do is every time you have that impulse to please somebody to make a decision based on what they think, you're going to interrupt that thought um, and use it as a habit loop trigger to remember that you don't need to please them. And if it were me, and now I'm purely speaking what works with my personality, and this is why you want to go work with a therapist, um, but if it were me and I were trying to solve this problem for myself, I would, the moment that I felt the need to please that person, I would immediately force myself to do something that I know will be displeasing to them. Um, I had this thing because I'm a real rule follower, like I don't like breaking rules, and so I realized that was holding me back, and so I started doing shit like um, park my car facing the wrong direction um, on the street. Now, nobody's getting hurt, I'm not hurting anyone, but it is very much illegal, and I could get a parking ticket, and I would force myself to do that because it reminded me that I choose to follow rules, but I don't have to follow rules. And so I follow rules when they make sense, when they take me where I want, when they make the world a better place, Uh, but I don't need to just blindly follow rules. And so that 
is one of the critical lessons that I had to learn as an entrepreneur because let me tell you, when you're an entrepreneur, if you're taking no, if you're allowing people to shut you down, if you're um, just sort of stepping into line, you're just never gonna get where you wanna go. And it was so hard for me to be brash and to be bold and to um, you know step out of line and say, I'm gonna go get this, like whether people want me to get it or not. And so, yeah, I used to do things like parking facing the wrong way um, just to really get out of my comfort zone and uh, do little things that allowed me to overtake that need to fall in line. So I would do things like that. There's a book, I have not read it yet, but this comes highly recommended um, by someone that I trust about cognitive behavioral therapy called Feeling Better, I think. Um, Bear with me. I'm going to look this up right now as we go on my phone Um, into that Audible. Yeah, what's up, Audible? Um, And sorry, it's loading. Oh, God, dead air, dead air. Uh, the book is feeling good. Yeah. So I haven't started it yet, but, uh, feeling good, the new mood therapy. And from what I'm told, that is all about cognitive behavioral therapy, which, um, I think is probably the best, um, form of mental therapy. So it's probably better than talk therapy, um, and all of that good stuff. And it's by David D Burns, MD feeling good. All right. Next up is from N. We have a lot of uh, initials today. N, to provide some context, I am working in the field of artificial intelligence, AI, and data science for the last few years and built my career around it. This is also my passion, and I regularly upgrade myself by learning new technologies in the field. I have also started following your advice and taking care of my diet and exercise. However, I do not feel content with my work and feel the only way to find happiness is to do something on my own. Even if I have to struggle and don't find the ultimate success, I would like to pursue work in the field field of artificial intelligence, but do not have a clear idea of what to do. I am looking for your advice on how to proceed. Do I get a, do I keep my safe job and do something on the side or do I take a chance and make an all out effort? So I'm a huge believer that you do not need to burn the ships at the shore. Some of this comes down to personality type. Some people, um, they're very okay with massive amounts of risk. For me, I just don't see the upside in having that level of stress. So even when we were um, at Quest, when we were first starting it, we still had the technology company. So it's not like we jettisoned that and then said, well, I hope this thing works out. We really started proving the market to make sure that Quest is going to work before we jump ship. And that meant working a lot of nights and weekends. Um, But we did it. And I was super enthusiastic about it. And a big part of this is, you know, are you interested enough in what you're doing? And so if you really love AI, um, man, then you should be intrigued the more you engage with it. And I shouldn't be able to keep you away nights and weekends. You should want to be doing this stuff. And that's the kind of position you want to be in. Don't be doing AI because you think it's the future. Be doing AI because you're really into it. And if you're doing AI because you're really into it, then man, nights and weekends isn't something that somebody's asking of you. It's like playing video games or watching a movie. Like you're super stoked on it. You want to do it. You're fed by getting better at it. And you're fed by thinking about how having that skill is going to let you do things because those things are something that's very exciting to you. Um, So that is my advice. Literally press stop on this and just go code go do something in the AI field and start getting better because there's no way to shortcut the talent curve. You're just going to have to fucking get good. And to get good, you're going to have to put in an extraordinary number of hours. So let those hours start right now. And now to everybody except N, um, I will go to the next question. All right. Savly. Oof, probably close to that. I'm 17 and I'm in the second 
in the second last year of school, I'm guessing second to last year of school, um, as I want to apply to the top universities in the UK, I would need to get some solid work experience this year in a well-known company. The problem is that I chose software engineering and the only internships that are offered are long in duration and require at least a graduate level. I realize that the only advantage I have and can offer to a tech company is a crazy work ethic and enthusiasm to learn. What would you do if you were in my position? Would you just knock on a thousand company doors and try to impress them? with your desire to learn or instead of trying to get work experience work on the solid skills and get better in the field of software or something completely different okay so um i i will say this whatever we're doing it really has to be with the end goal in mind so i get the feeling that your end goal is actually university more than it is getting a job. Because I was about to give you advice about um, really just buckling down, focusing on the hard skills, getting really fucking extraordinary at coding. Because at the end of the day, if you can code like a maniac and you can express that in an interview, no one is going to care um, whether or not you have a degree. But um, judging by the way that you worded that you may be more interested in actually getting into university than you are just getting good. So if our goal is to get into university, then and we know that what they want to see is work experience and we need to knock on a thousand doors, right? It's asking, what is our goal demand? You're going to go knock on the thousand doors. You're going to make sure that you get um, the work experience that you need. You are going to dazzle them with your um, enthusiasm and your willingness to learn. And also you're going to research the shit out of those companies. You're going to figure out what they value so that in that interview, you're going to tell your interview to that company because there is nothing worse than somebody walking in. I'm telling you from experience, drives me fucking crazy when people interview view with me and they don't even know the fucking company they don't know like what we do or what we value like it's bananas so yeah that's crazy so you're gonna tailor it so it's gonna be far less the you know just shotgun approach of the knocking on a thousand doors and far more being prepared to knock on a thousand doors but taking each one of them deadly seriously as you go in well prepared for that interview learning from each interview um, figuring out what people consider to be valuable and somebody in your position finding out has anybody talked about interviewing with that company before uh, because if they have they may tell you exactly the kind of thing that they're looking for um, and going in and having that Tom Bilyeu level of research on every interview that you do um, I'm going to say that very quickly you will be able to get a position um, without necessarily meeting all of the prerequisites. When people are that prepared, people tend to want to move forward. Now, you have to differentiate between being memorized and being actually to a place where you understand where they're coming from. You can think definitely on your feet. Um, because it's not cool when you're talking to somebody who's clearly just memorized a bunch of answers. Like, really be you um, and let your real enthusiasm shine through. Don't try to fake it. All right. Emma Lovell. The one thing I struggle with is following through with goals I set for myself. I will say I want to do things like start a blog, make YouTube videos, start a Shopify store. I will start, but I will never follow through with it. It really annoys me. I'm working on this by starting small and following through with small small tasks I set for myself each day, reading, working out, walking, etc. I don't know if I set myself too many goals at once, which I can't balance, or if I need to dig deeper in myself to figure out why. One thing that does come to mind is that my mom is inconsistent. Uh, she says she will do a thing, but doesn't follow through, which ironically annoys me, yet I do the same thing. Please help. What are your thoughts? All right. So um, don't use your mom as an excuse. 
So you need to define what you want for your life and then get after it. So this is one of those things where identity is really everything. You know what the problem is. And the reality is that you just don't want it that badly. And this is the the hardest question to deal with because the one thing I can't do for people, I can't want it for you. But you can learn to want things with a fiery intensity. And like anything, want, desire is a buildable muscle. It is something that you can fan the flames of. So the easiest analogy is definitely a fire. So first, you have to build a fire that actually has a chance of um, going up. So you're going to start with kindling. You're going to start with things that are very dry. So kindling is um, small things that catch a light very easily. You're going to prop them up typically so that there's air for the fire. And then as that gets burning, then and only then when there's a nice big flame, are you going to set something on top of it that's bigger that takes a little bit longer to start burning? Um, And you're going to fan those flames. You're going to feed it oxygen. And then as that's really ripping and roaring, then you can add more and more and more until you've got some just absolutely crazy bonfire. Instead, what I think most people think of is they think of building this gigantic fucking structure and then they're going to pour gas on it. That's exactly how people blow up. So don't do that. Build a fire the intelligent way. Understand that the way that life works is it starts with a small area of interest and then you have to like on that. So... The same is true of want. The same is true of wanting to be a better person. You've got to turn it into a crushing fucking need. You've got to get to the point where you simply will not tolerate from yourself not getting up and doing things, not following through. You've got to make it your identity. You've got to tell people that's who you are. You've got to repeat it in your head over and over and over. And then you've got to really fucking value it. You've got to really like care about it. And when you have a good outcome, you've got to reward yourself emotionally. It doesn't mean a bowl of ice cream, but it does mean you go, fuck yeah. I said I was going to do that and I did it. That's what I'm talking about. That's exactly me being who I want to be. And this is all going to stack. This is the exact shit I say in my heads. It is not words like this. It is these exact words. When I follow through and I do something that I didn't want to do and nobody's watching it, I know that I could have gotten away without doing it and I still did it. That's when I'm like feeling good about myself and I'm saying those things in my head and I'm like, yeah, man, you said you were going to do this and you did it. This is why you win when other people don't win. This is why other people give up. You don't give up. And when you repeat these things in your head, when you're saying things like, man, I follow through. I follow through. When I say I'm going to do something, I do it. And you're going to just right now immediately begin making that change in your story. You're going to make that change in what you repeat in your head. And then you're going to follow fucking through. And when you don't follow through, you've got to own that. You've got to tell people, yo, I said I was going to do that and I didn't do it. Man, for a long time, AMA, part of it was me holding myself accountable that I was going to own up, confess when I didn't do something that I said I was going to do. And having that level of accountability, having a group of friends or your parents or whatever, who you, every time you fail to do something that you tell them, man, real fast, you start holding yourself accountable because you don't want to say it. It sucks. It sucks to not be the person that you, that you say to yourself that you're going to be. And once it sucks, that's the building of that need. Once it's awesome when you do it, that's the building of that need. That's turning that want into a raging inferno. But you've got to do the work. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for joining me. As always, much appreciated. I am always, always grateful for the questions. And by the way, I think this launches on the very day that Neon Future, the comic book, hits store shelves. If you guys have ever had this add value to you, if you've ever wanted to know if there was something that you could do to help me, one of two things would be extraordinary. If you walked into your local comic shop and bought a copy of Neon Future, that would be rad. 
And then number two would be, if you don't want to go to the shop, download the Comixology app, which is an Amazon company, nice and trustworthy. You can use your Amazon account and everything. You don't have to create a new login. Go to Comixology. We're going to be on the front page on Wednesday, March 27th. Go there. Download Neon Future. That would be massive. I co-wrote it with Eisner Award-winning writer Jim Kruger. The art is insane. So that would be amazing. You'd be supporting Impact Theory and everything that we stand for, the empowerment, all of it. That would be amazing. Thank you, guys. All right, if you haven't already, be sure to subscribe. And until next time, my friends, be legendary.